Welcome to the Thirst for More podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Smitley, where we sit down and talk with strength coaches, personal trainers, nutritionalists, and other professionals in the fitness and strength and conditioning field to help athletes, parents, coaches, small business owners help level up their game to provide athletes and clients world-renowned success, either in the weight room, on the field, or on the platform. Enjoy today's episode. On episode of 24 of the Thirst for More podcast, we are back. I'm bringing the episodes back and we are doing some solo episodes to start. And we really kind of go back and talk about what's happened since COVID. I got crazy busy and something had to fall off and unfortunately it was the podcast. But I want to bring this back. I got a lot of good feedback. People have been asking me to bring it back. So we're going to give what the people want. In this episode, I talk about three things and particularly three exercises that I'm using right now, like with athletes, with clients, seeing tangible results and something that you can take away and put in your training programs for your athletes and your clients, or maybe even your own training. So we talk about that, give you something. And in the meantime, I'm also going to work on trying to pin down some other guests as well so that we can kind of get some other feedback, some other education, some other experiences that you can grab onto and utilize in your own coaching and programming. So if you've got any suggestions, please feel free to reach out and let me know. I'm going to have you having the episodes post on an infrequent basis. So they are going to always post on Tuesdays, but outside of that, I can't tell you what Tuesdays are going to be because I'm not going to try to commit to a weekly schedule like I was doing. I just got really overwhelmed, and I really want to try to make sure I can get some good quality episodes, good quality content, and that everything I'm giving you is something you can immediately take away and use, and it's not going to be some BS. So again... Glad to have you back to the Thirst for More podcast. Enjoy number episode 24, and we will see you on the next episode. Hey, it's Coach Brandon Smitley from the Thirst for More podcast, and we are back. I'm going to try to get up and getting some episodes going again. We're going to take this a little bit differently, and we're going to kind of go with some solo episodes. Uh, if you would like to see guests on this podcast, uh, please feel free to message me, contact me, get a hold of me. Let me know who you want to hear, and then I will do my homework and reach out to them and see what I can get. But in the meantime, my goal with this podcast is bringing it back is going to be able to do about one to two episodes a month. So I was doing them every week for almost half a year after COVID. I think that did a lot of good in terms of uh, building some brand awareness, let me learn from other professionals, catch up with people. I really kind of maximized my time that I was not able to coach people. So let's kind of just kick this off really quick, and I'm going to talk about kind of what we've been doing since the episode, what's kind of changed at Thirst, and kind of what's going on, and then we're going to discuss three exercises that I've really been programming lately and loving, and kind of how you might use them in your own training program or in terms of your coaching. So Thirst has been doing really good. Uh, We've been having pretty much record month after record month in terms of revenue generated. And while revenue is not the number one metric that matters, uh, it is a very, very important one. So to grow as a business, we definitely need to see revenue uh, continue to grow over time to be able to continue to make progress and do what we want to do from a financial perspective. Uh, We've got lots of new athletes, lots of new clients, lots of new faces. Uh, We're keeping a lot of our old faces. So this is going to be a really good year for Thirst. 
We've got a ton of senior athletes. Uh, some of them are beginning to make some of their commitments and their decisions in terms of the collegiate level, and we're really excited for the athletes that we're currently working with. I think the last time that I counted, I think I counted 12 or 13 athletes that we currently have that are seniors this year. So we are going to be taking a big hit to our hearts as we wish them goodbye after this coming season. Obviously, COVID has kind of been up and down for the most part. This should be our first football season that we're going to be able to attend as a family. Uh, So we're really looking forward to watching our athletes do their thing, and we hope that everyone is doing well. So the big thing that's changed at Thirst uh, is just internship classes. We've got... Uh, We're about to make a hire in terms of adding a fourth coach to the team. Uh, We will definitely keep people updated from the thirst perspective of how that's going to go. And we'll let you know who that decision is when we make it. It's going to be a tough decision from our applicants. Always will be, uh, no matter what our hiring process is going to look like at thirst. And so that's where you'll be seeing through faces. And then our internship class is getting ready to start for the fall. So we'll be having a new internship class as well. So... That's what's new with Thirst. There's really nothing else that's changed a whole lot. We've got some powerlifting meets coming up. Our fundraisers have gone really well. We've just been doing all the same stuff that we always do. We're just trying to bring it to another level. And I think that's the big change that we've kind of seen uh, from mine and Adrian's perspective. I also know that probably since the last time I recorded a podcast episode... My wife is at the full time at the gym and the facility full time as well. Excuse me. So I guess that is one big major change that we have seen. If you did not know, so there's now two full time coaches between myself and my wife, and then we have Coach Andrew as well. So we have been doing really well on that end. I hope you guys have been as well. So let's talk about three exercises that I've been programming and loving a lot right now uh, from the sports performance realm and how you might benefit from these three exercises so i want to make sure this is educational we don't want to talk about what thirst is doing i mean if you have business questions for sure get a hold of me i'm not the uh, guy to be able to answer everything but i can just tell you what we've done and what's worked well and what hasn't so in terms of the three exercises that i'm really loving right now in terms of programming the first one is the kettlebell arm bar so if you're not familiar with the kettlebell armbar, first of all, I'm going to give you a shameless plug and go to my YouTube channel. You can also go to thirstgym.com and check out that exercise. It's on our exercise index. But I've really been loving the kettlebell armbar for a lot of our overhead athletes as well as any of our rotational-based athletes and anybody that happens to be having shoulder problems. So I kind of started using this exercise on my own behalf to help my own shoulder health from a benching perspective. And I really just was like, you know, we need to start using this more with our athletic population. Um, There's a lot of good benefits here. And I've been trying to take a little bit of Bill Hartman's model into use of our programming and our structure and design. So if you don't know who Bill Hartman is, check out him as well. Bill's way out of the curve in terms of physical therapy. Cannot recommend Bill Hartman enough, but his model has really kind of reshaped the fitness industry, if you want to say, uh, right now in terms of Instagram. So if you're following all these gurus and people that are saying things about compression and expansion and talking about ISAs and things like that, bills have got to follow. But that led me to end up taking a course by my man, Malik, by my man Alex Effer. He is a Canadian-based guy, and his involved mentorship did a lot in terms of developing my education recently during uh, this past winter. Took away a lot of good stuff uh, from assessments and 
really just looking at the body from a different structure, and he did the intensive with Bill Harmon. And so I started looking, part of his evolved mentorship, we kind of talked about rolling and the benefits of rolling on the ground. And while it seems very elementary, I think for people that are big and blocky, they're poor movers, they're poor rotationally, um, they kind of are just lunky, so powerlifters, very big, burly athletes, your linemen, they just don't move well. And so the kettlebell armbar kind of got started with me for my shoulder health, and going through Alex's stuff, we found that the respiration aspect in terms of making sure when we roll over on our side and we externally rotate, we breathe in, and then as we roll back down onto our back, we exhale, and that helps improve movement capabilities at the shoulder, and we see um, some expansion in the upper back, and that really helps the shoulder out. Well, that's what I was using it for. So to help my bench press performance, I was really trying to keep my shoulders happy, and so I was like, you know, I need to start working this more with my baseball players that are not rotating so well, my softball players that aren't rotating so well, or, hey, I need some fillers in my programming to maximize my time while my athletes are doing their RDLs or their bench press or something like that, you know? So I really kind of started with that as me using it for my own good, and I started putting it in a couple athletes here and there. Who's my poor movers? Who do I think can master this exercise at a decent level to benefit from it from a performance perspective and I got a couple athletes that I kind of stuck with and now I'm kind of giving it to more and more I'm finding that all of my baseball kids need to be doing this this is something we can really do in season you know it's not I don't want to say it's not challenging it's not difficult okay it's not an exercise where you're trying to use as much weight as possible we're really just trying to restore movement capabilities and I really think this exercise hits it on the head for that population. Uh, so I've really been liking that exercise. So the way that we've been implementing it is we've really been using it as a filler. And that's another big piece that we've kind of changed. I don't want to say changed. Change is a bad word. That we've adapted, we've evolved, is adding in fillers for some of our bigger exercises. So like our RDLs, our trap bar deadlift, our, uh, our front squat, our floor press. We've been adding in some of these filler exercises that are like low intensity, but they give us movement capabilities to benefit our downtime while we get some active rest during our big bang for our bug exercises. So what you're going to do is you put your hand to the kettlebell and you're going to punch towards the ceiling. You're going to bring that same side hip over your body, shove that hip towards the floor, and that's where you're going to exhale or inhale i'm sorry as you inhale you're going to externally rotate you're going to open that thumb up and as you breathe in you want to try to bias air towards the back part of your shoulder and then as you bring your leg back over to come back on your back think like a half turkish get up kind of thing as you come back then we're going to internally rotate and as we come down we're going to use that to help expel more air and capture more internal rotation so we're going to get more external and internal at the shoulder we're really going to reach and punch. We're going to get some expansion on the back side of that shoulder. And then we get the rolling side of it. For, so those of you that are wide ISAs like myself, being on your side, you probably really suck at. You don't breathe as well. You don't have as much movement capacity. You're not a good roller. This can help you with that. So we've been programming that for three reps on each side for three to four sets, depending upon how our fillers are. 
that's where we've mainly been using it, and I think we're going to see some benefits from. So again, go to our website at thirstream.com. You'll find a YouTube video of me coaching this, and I'm even giving this to my powerlifters. So kettlebell armbar, really check that one out. The second exercise that I've really been digging and starting to program a little bit so long as my assessment deems necessary, I have really been liking the front foot elevated split squat. It's a classic. It's an old one. It's not hard. But what I've found is too many of our athletes have an anterior presentation. They are way too far forward. I'm guilty of this. And I found that the front foot elevated split squat is allowing kids to master split squats. We can we can get better movement. We can get better range of motion. We can get better leg development. And kids are just moving better. And I'm just defaulting towards giving kids front foot elevated split squats as long as they're really anterior-oriented. And some of the kids that we work with, because they're really good from a performance perspective, they're really powerful, they're really strong, we need to be di- play damage control. And the front foot elevated split squat has been killing it in terms of letting us do that. Even to make it worse for some of my athletes that really don't like me, uh, I've been given a double kettlebell front rack option. So not only are we getting that front leg to push us up and back, to push us backwards. Now we're talking about anterior loading, getting more abdominal core work. We're getting some static upper back work, and we're really learning how to shift our center of gravity backwards. And the athletes are seeing great benefit there as well. And the other one we're doing, uh, my man Mike Robertson of our IFAST calls it a Jefferson split squat. Um, I've just been calling it the front foot split squat and then letting, and in my programming denoting that the right hand is pronated and the left hand is supinated. So if I got an athlete that's not only anterior oriented, but they are turned towards the right really hard, we've been working on trying to turn them back to the left. And this has been helping us fix hip problems, low back problems, shoulder problems, increased movement options. And we've really just seen some benefits on our athletes from just minor, minor tweaks to fantastic exercises that we already had in our toolbox. So the the front foot elevated split squat, obviously, if you've got that person that is just struggling with split squats, they struggle with lunges, they, they just struggle with single leg work, try the front foot elevated split squat. And if you happen to do somebody that does table tests, if you know where their hip flexion is at, you can tell them to stop. Otherwise, have them just get in a good, comfortable, low position, as low as they can comfortably go and come up strong and try to keep their pelvis underneath them. And the coaching cue that I've really liked lately is to push up and back through the heel, up and back through the heel. So what you'll find is then you'll find that kids are actually going to pronate their foot a little bit and they're going to actually push themselves back and that's going to get us some new internal rotation, which they lack if they're anterior-oriented. So if you think if you've got an anterior pelvic tilt, you're running into yourself and you're losing some internal rotation we're trying to recapture that and get that athlete that new internal rotation and we're going to try to train through that so the the front foot elevated split squats worked great i talked about the two loading methods that we've been kind of using you can still use a regular goblet position that's kind of our default that we choose to load kids they tend to learn it a little bit better uh they, they get more uh, abdominal and trunk stabilization from it their upper back gets a little bit stronger from having anterior loads i think the anterior load is just a great default option uh, for most athletes so the front foot elevated split squat is without a doubt the second exercise that we have been loving a lot of thirst and that we've seen a ton of progress with and so the last one um 
going to kind of hit you with one that you probably would not think is all that great uh, of an exercise. Or maybe I shouldn't say that. I think you're going to say, hey, that's a pretty common exercise. I don't think there's anything fantastic or special about it. But the big one is the lateral lunge slash Kozak squat. So the reason I say slash is because I've been trying to get kids to Kozak squat more, but we have kids that can't Kozak squat, so we lateral lunge. Um, And I try to put frontal plane work in majority of my athletes' programs so long as they can handle it and they have the athleticism to be able to get in the positions I want them to get in. But if they can't do that, then we're in trouble. So I will start off by saying for my more advanced athletes, we're going with the Kozak squat. I've really found that kids are beginning to learn. I'm not as athletic as I thought I was. You know, I can I can run and jump and do these things, but I can't move side to side very well. And when you play baseball, you play softball, you play basketball, you play football, and you can't Kozak squat, which I can't either, that's a problem. You know, we need to have that hip mobility. We need to have that frontal plane work so that we can change direction, be explosive, and get in positions and get out of positions comfortably. And so I've been trying to use the program that with various ways. A lot of times it's just been with a goblet load. I've also been using the landmine a little bit as well for athletes that I think are about ready for it, but I'm not quite sure. The landmine helps them learn that exercise a little bit better. And the lateral lunge in general, I'm really trying to work on teaching kids to get lower. So I've when we write programs, if kids do a good job with an exercise, we'll try to find a harder progression of the exer- of an exercise or a very similar movement pattern. It's a little bit more progressive in nature. So let's take, for example, they're going to do, um, let's say they're, gonna, they're doing a half kneeling cable row. Not overly complicated, but I mean, you know, there's some there's some good behind that, right? It's, it's a good challenging exercise, but the kids own it. Like, they're doing a good job. They're adding weight for the most part week to week. Movement quality is definitely better. We're seeing some progress. Okay, let's try a tripod dumbbell row. Like, let's get them bent over. Let's see if they can maintain that neutral spine. Let's see if they can get that upper back strength, and they're they're not in that position, right? So a little bit more challenging, a little more demanding, a little bit more to learn about. So that's why I've been kind of going with the lateral lunge, but really trying to keep kids with that exercise and just banging it out for a couple training blocks at a time and trying to progress them into the Kozak squat. So... How we're programming that, generally we're doing about three to four sets, about six to ten reps per side. My younger athletes, we're generally doing more reps to get more practice, especially on the lateral lunge side. Really just trying to work on body awareness and control. And then we start looking at the more advanced athletes that we work with, the high school kids. We're doing Kozak squats. We're doing way more six and eights. I'm wanting them to try to load it up. I'm not only trying to get them stronger, but... The load helps them own the position better and improve movement quality, and then their mobility gets better, and they end up going a little bit uh, deeper with better ownership, and they're more control, and then they're better and be better off in the field. So that's kind of the three exercises that we have been really loving, uh, at least that I've been really loving, that I've been finding, and I'm putting in training programs a lot um, I'm not hesitant to put those three pro- those exercises in anybody's program so long as I feel like they need it. Um, they are all over on our website at thirstgym.com on our exercise index and my YouTube channel. 
you can find them there. I think you'll find that if you start implementing these three exercises with your athletes, if you're not, you're immediately going to find we're adding some good stuff, we're seeing some good progress, and uh, that's what it's all about. So those are the three exercises. I'm going to try to get this podcast back up and go on a relatively semi-consistent schedule. I don't know if it's going to be every two weeks, every three weeks, every four weeks. Um, I'm really going to kind of go by ear. I think it's something that I can bite off and chew and not spit out. So uh, I really think that if you've got any suggestions of what you want to hear, what you want to talk about, got somebody you want me to try to get on. It's very, very hard for me to schedule people sometimes uh, just by running the gym. That's just kind of the way it goes. But if you got something like that, let me know. Leave me some questions. Do some Q&A ones. I really just want to try to get back on the podcast, give back, give some exercises, let people know what's going on because I know that deep down in the doors of thirst, there's a lot of great stuff that's happening and people just don't get get to see it or feel it or hear it or, or find out what we're doing that's really kind of working. You're kind of just seeing snapshots on Instagram and um, I don't think that's fair to anybody that's really trying to get better and want to learn and not that I think that we have all the answers. But I definitely do think that we have done a fantastic job of aiding our athletic performance. And we really want to try to make sure that anything that we're doing and we're benefit from and you think you want some kind of edge, if I think we can help give you one little piece, like if you take one of these three exercises and your athletes start being more athletic and moving better and feeling better, I feel happy about that. That makes me feel good as a coach that you were able to take something away, immediately apply it, help your athletes. Um, and in the end, we are in this together. So I really want to be adamant about that and make sure that we can help each other. Uh, and then again, you check out what Thirst has kind of got. And whenever you're in town, in the area, whatever, you swing by, come say hi. Me and Adrian would love to have you over at Thirst. So let's hope this goes really well. If you got any questions, please feel free to get a hold of me, like I said. And I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Thirst for More podcast. Give us a follow on Spotify, iTunes, Google, and other streaming services. Feel free to visit our website, thirstgym.com. That's T-H-I-R-S-T-G-Y-M.com. And click on the podcast tab to look over show notes and extra free resources. You can also give us a follow on Instagram at Team Thirst. That's T-E-A-M period T-H-I-R-S-T. Or you can give me a follow at B Smitley. That's B-S-M-I-T-L-E-Y. For more updates on future episodes to come. I'm your host, Brandon Smitley, and we'll catch you at the next episode.